Hi, and welcome to another episode of Rate That Album, the back and forth podcast uh, of where we take albums and talk about them uh, and do that kind of thing. Wow, I'm totally butchering this intro, aren't I, Joe? Goddamn right you are. <laughs> you know, you know why I'm butchering this album, this this beginning, because <laughs> my brain hurts from the album that we did. Um, we did Tommy, the Who's Tommy, but not the music, not not the normal album. We did the album from the movie, like the movie version. Joe, they did two different versions for this. Why do they do this? Yeah, neither of them are <laughs> any good. I don't, oh. I don't, I didn't like, so here's my story with Please. Tommy. I was in high school and I was really into the wall and that, and somebody said, Hey, if you really like the, the wall, you should listen to the album that kind of made that actually, you know, a thing that they could do. You'll love Tommy by the who. And I was like, Okay. So I went and bought it, and I played it, and I said, I hate this album. I don't know why somebody would say I would like it. I can see from the the, the themes and the story that, yeah, it paved the way for The Wall. But uh, the difference is The Wall I enjoy listening to, and Tommy I did not. And then you, Paul, you just found another version of Tommy that's even worse than the original. Oh, this is, oh, oh, this is so bad. So let, let's 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 talk a little bit about that because Tommy the album, uh, which, which is a concept album, came out in 1969. Not just a concept album; it's a rock opera. It is. It's a total rock opera. Yeah, and it's probably one of the. I, I would say. One of the proto rock operas. Wouldn't you agree with me on that? Yeah. I mean, this is the rock opera that started it all, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and the the theme of Tommy. Let's okay. The big difference because I love discussing kind of the wall in this, and it gives us a little bit of time to kind of get into it before we get into the shit. Because we're going to get into the shit. Oh, I really hurt myself with this one, Joe. Yeah, you really um, punched us in the dick with this one, Paul. <laughs> I really did. I really, really did. I um, mean, I, you know, I couldn't believe you found an album worse than Sane Anger. Right? <laughs> Just, dude, I would take Sane Anger over this. Like, if you're going to put me on a, on a, on a, on a, on a, um, on a desert island and say you gotta listen to Tommy the 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 movie the motion picture version or Saint Anger, I'd take Saint Anger. Um this is this is rough. So the the big difference is and I think why Tommy needed to happen. Like Tommy's important in terms of history because it really was the um the the beginning of people that would do like rock operas and and concept albums and things of that nature and really take it to the next level. The problem with Tommy is uh, where the wall. There's a lot of different themes. There's more of a cohesive story, which says something about it. When you're saying the wall is more cohesive, um, but musically it's more interesting. There's a lot more to it. Where Tommy starts with this overture. And that overture has all kind of the beats and everything that's set up for the entire album. So everything starts to kind of sound the same. Um, and not to say that it didn't in the wall, but there was enough difference there to break it up. Where with Tommy, they really wanted to stick to these, you know, these simplistic music um, notes and, and beats and riffs. Is that, does that make sense what I'm saying there? Yeah, I mean, you just explain an overture. <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, no, I, but, but I understand. I just explained what an overture You said it was an overture, then you went deep into the explanation of an overture but, without yes. saying that was the explanation of an overture. <laughs> Everybody, what Paul just explained is what they call in classical music an overture. <laughs> and I, this, this, I'm sorry, this, this album broke. Okay, not only did I listen to the album, I watched the movie. And this oh, is the bad. thing that... 
Oh, oh, the movie is so bad. And here's the thing. The music on the movie is different than the shit that's on the fucking music motion picture album. <laughs> and that's what I thought. Because I remember watching the movie and I remember, uh, and this could just be me misremembering mis- it, but I remember Elton John's Pinball Wizard sounding a lot better. But mm-hmm. then when I, I, when I was listening to this on Spotify, it, it sounded so uh, dull, like there's no edges to it, which in the mm-hmm. movie I, I felt like there was. Yes. No, you're right. You know, you're right. Every song is different in the movie than it is on the motion picture. So what that tells me, Joe, is that Pete Townsend wasn't happy with the music that was in the movie. So when it came to doing the music, the the, the music of the movie, he redid it and resampled it and re-edited it to make it what he wanted to be. And this was it. Like, what the shit? (laughs) The problem with doing that with what he did is that it took away because the way this is produced, it's very seventies and almost borderline disco-ish at times. Mm -hmm. And that disco production. So it, it dulled the edges of what made the who the who because they are not known for dull edges they're known no. for sharp guitar attacks crazy drumming crazy bass playing and roger daltrey's you know vocals and yep these get all if the who is a sharp knife this is a dull butter knife version of the who yeah no completely agree with you and 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 i think that's a wonderful way of putting it because the things with this is 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 um that's part of why i okay i actually like tommy the 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 album itself i personally like tommy um just because i like robert dolce's voice i like as you talk about that sharpness there are things to it that are there like you know rock and i'm listening to this and it's like no uh, and in the movie uh, the scene I wish you could see for the song I wish you could see my woman done by Eric Clapton is a little bit longer and has a better Clapton and it has you know the who's playing with him and it's edgier it's rockier it's better and the version that's on the album is dull and like Clapton seems kind of bored and it cuts out some of the the his solos that he does and kind of that it's yeah, everything that's on that was in the movie version of it is put onto this album, but it's tamer. And that's the thing with every single track. Every single track. That is such a weird <clears throat> it's a weird thing. Again, uh, it's the who but like they're trying to sound like 1980s, yes. I I don't understand. And then I, so here I'm looking at the Wikipedia entry and I'm looking at no wonder it doesn't sound as because it's like a, the who are barely on any of these tracks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You're a thousand percent correct. Yeah. Like it's overdubbed by all these weirdos. Like the bass tracks, I guess is the core of the band, but like the overdubs and the additions are all like by these, the, these, these chuckleheads. Like who are these people? Yeah. It's, it's not I that I, I don't know. I don't know who these people are who were doing these type of things. Like it's very I mean, they composed it, but then they did these things and they brought these people in and for an I album just, that was already recorded in the sixties, then re-recorded for the movie for only for them to re-record it or remix it or whatever for the the, the physical release. Right. So there's like three versions of Tommy. There's three versions of it. There's there's three fucking versions of this of this of this album. Um, and arguably, I mean, the first I mean, I, when you go back, because I had to when I was listening to it, I went back and listened to the original Tommy because I was just missing some of it. And oh God, okay. Let's let's dig into what is what is what is Tommy. So the original Tommy was set at the end of World War One. The so the new version or the or the from the movie it's set 
at the end of World War II um, to make it more modern. And it basically is about, I know, I know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, it's it, just, we'll, we'll add a couple. We'll add five years to that one, huh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. And uh, it's, it's about, the album is about this Captain Walker and his wife um, who are together. She gets knocked up. He goes off to war. They believe he dies in the war. She meets up with this other guy, Frank, who's a terrible person. Um, and she, um, Tommy is the child of Captain Walker and this woman who, in the movie, she goes by Nora. Um, and Captain Walker comes back one night and they, they kill him. Frank and Nora kill him. And Tommy saw it. And so they basically berate him to the point where, and the trauma of it, and them, you know, telling him it never happened and this or that, puts him in this uh, state of being deaf, dumb, and blind. And then it's all about, like, his misadventures of being dumb, dem, um, deaf, dumb, and blind, and, like, what people are doing to him and what they're trying to do to get him to get his sight back. And then he does, and because he was this, I, like... The foresight in this, I don't remember, Joe, if there was actual pinball tournaments back in the day and people want a bunch of fucking money from pinball. But it reminds me now of Twitch and speedrunning that people are making all this money from video gaming these days. So maybe yeah, it happened. I'm just so <clears throat> this was all of this actually happened to Pete Townsend, right? Like he went deaf, dumb and blind. This is, oh, this, oh, dude, are, are we going there already? So, yeah, Pete Townsend, basically, this was his way of coping with his uh, supposed abuse. Right. Um, so, where the lines of the wall deals a lot with what Water Waters was going through and some of his upbringing and um, people around him, this is was Pete Townsend's way of basically putting on his own abuse as he was physically, um, mentally and sexually abused, uh, in his, in his, uh, childhood. Right. Um, so all this culminates with Tommy miraculously getting everything back because they break a mirror. Um, and that's the song break the mirror. And because he has all this, now he's this Messiah and this gets in the, you know, Townsend's hatred of religion and it's all over this album like you can totally tell that this is a very anti-religious album and <clears throat> Tommy is now uh the you know is everyone is he's he's putting up camps and having people come in and live with him and he you know be like me be like me give up all this stuff and then at the he's end of it a it's, cult leader. he's, he's yes, basically he, Charles Manson he's basically a cult leader and at the end everyone revolts against him seeing him as the fraud that he is well he is um, a fraud because he was faking this deaf dumb and blindness thing the whole time he could well, see it that, the whole time he was just a liar <laughs> well and that i think that, that does a disservice to the actual deaf dumb and blind people out there because this movie and album just made everybody assume they're faking it <laughs> damn you pete townsend Damn you. And yes, yeah. that's alluded to um, in, in the song, um, There's a Doctor, and um, where it's basically the doctor saying, he's, he's responding to everything he can hear. He's just choosing not to hear. He can see. He's choosing not to see. Um, well, which he could, do, he could do all that. He's just refusing to respond. Yes. And it's basically like a, a plot from Seinfeld. Like if George was like, I'm not going to respond to anybody. <laughs> so Seinfeld, so Seinfeld ripped off Tommy's the, uh, the who's Tommy. Um, yeah. So that's, that's the album in, in a nutshell, Joe. And I, I will say one thing that the, that the soundtrack has going for it versus the original album is that, it is laid out better. It's the the story is laid out better. Um, certain tracks are moved around to have it make more sense in light of what the story they're trying to tell. That is one thing I will say about Tommy is that you listen to it and there's going to be parts of it where you're going to go, huh? 
Um, I never once, and I know people talk about The Wall being this confusing, cerebral album. It made sense to me. I don't know about you. Like, The Wall made sense to me, what yeah, was being told. Yeah, I, I was I was never confused by the storyline of The Wall. Yeah, and there's parts here with, with Tommy when it's the actual album album that isn't really there. Like, you would need liner notes to know kind of, okay, so this is the story they're telling. This is what's happening here. Um one thing they will say with, again, I already said it, but it's laid out better with this thing. Um, well, third time's a charm, Paul. Yeah, there we go. All right, do we? Uh, let's talk about who they had doing the voicing on this fucking thing. Um, so the main vocals are done by Anne-Margaret, Oliver Reed, and Robert Daltrey. Now, Robert Daltrey, fine, perfect. You know what? He should be there. He is Tommy. He's singing. He's he's there. I, okay. Rocky Horror Picture Show came out the same year. This desperately needed meatloaf. <laughs> I've never said that in my life. This album needed more meatloaf and less Oliver Reed. Um, Oliver Reed is... He's an interesting feller. Um, he was kind of, you know, I, I mean, he's the right pick for it because he was kind of this crazy um, guy in his time. Like the his um, escapades outside of the film world overshadowed what he did in the film world, if that made sense. Like he was this really burly guy that just, you know, was... Um, known for being an excessive drunk and a problem and causing lots of problems on set and offset. Um, and that's why a lot of people I don't think know of Oliver Reed. Do you know, of all, do you know much about Oliver Reed? Nope. Uh, that's exactly why. Um, and Margaret, you know, everyone, I think our generation knows her from grumpy old men, <laughs> Yeah. but she was kind of a, a 70s sex pot. And 60s and 70s sex pot and got a lot of roles and, you know, kind of was this exuded her um, femininity. But my God, can she know Susan Sarandon? Like we needed Susan Sarandon and we needed Meatloaf. Like I, they, I wish the Who would have waited a year and waited till 1976 to do this and gotten Meatloaf and Susan Sarandon because I could handle it. I listened to this album well over six times, Joe. Well over six times in preparation for this fucking podcast. And I hate Anne Margaret's voice. <laughs> I listened to it once and that was enough. Like, oh. I wouldn't listen to it again. Uh, I think I, I even told you if I listened to this another time, I'd probably kill myself. <laughs> and I think I told you to quote myself that elder music from the elder was an oasis in the desert of the dumpster of the abortion clinic dumpster fires that is the Who soundtrack. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, going back to the wall, the smart thing they did that Floyd did opposed to the Who is they just had one new vocalist with Bob Geldof and only he does two songs. The rest is Floyd. You don't have these guest musicians, and it's they're different versions in that movie too, but it works a lot better. It it does, and I think as you talked about, what's the big difference there? Well, Floyd, did, I mean, uh, the Who didn't do the the tracks for the album. Um, they, they did in the movie, but they didn't in the album, and it, that's apparent. Um, well, I think and, they did the basic tracks, but you look at that list and it's just like a lot of overdubs and other drums and guitars. And it's just like, what? why? Like, you have Keith Moon. Mm -hmm. Why would you have another fucking drummer? He, uh, he, he is argu in argu arguably one of the greatest drummers of all time. Yeah, he really is. Like, and it's not just that he was fast. He could do different shit. Yeah, absolutely. No, no, he was a great drummer. And you got this other guy that's doing a lot of the drums for it. And at one track on music, Mother and Son, Pete Townsend does everything. He does everything. Um, 
But yeah, no, I mean, okay, let's talk about Pinball Wizard. You have Elton John doing the lead vocals. You have Davy Johnstone who doing the guitar. You have uh, D. Murray doing bass. Nigel Olson doing the drums. And Ray Cooper doing the percussion. That is literally Elton John's band. Yeah. That is Elton John's band. Um, yeah, and I have a feeling it sounded better in the movie. I remember it sounding better in the movie, but on this, it just it fell so flat. Like I was, yeah. it came on and I didn't even realize it was pinball wizard. It's not, no, it's great. It's be, way better in the movie. It is way better in the movie. And you see the who playing with, 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 uh, Eric Clapton and you could tell it's them. And the, the, the drum and everything's more interesting. Not to say that it's not with, with Elton John's band, but this felt phoned in. It felt like, you know, I have a thing that they brought them back in and said, here, you're going to, we're going to record this version. And Elton John was like, whatever, one take. Okay, guys, we're done. We already right? did this, Pete. Yeah, we already did this. We already did It sounded did great this. in the movie. No, no. We got to make it sound more stupid. Right. 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 It's, it's, and that's, oh, uh, that's what it is. It's more stupid. Um, I, I mean, I could get some of it, like, you know, in the early on when the children were singing and kind of doing those type of things, I could get where that wouldn't translate well. But at the same time, it's the music from the motion picture. Um, it, that's what is supposed to be there. Again, you, you re-recorded these songs for a movie and then didn't feel that they were up to snuff to put them on the fucking album, so you re-recorded it? Like, that's weird. That's weird. Yeah, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. <clears throat> it doesn't and make any the, sense. It doesn't make any sense, Paul. <laughs> no, well, and what doesn't help is the 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 director of the of the movie, Ken Russell, um, who, let's put it this way, he was the director, he wrote the screenplay, um, he produced it, um, he... Um, uh, so that's kind of his thing. Like this was his brainchild was to make this movie. It's the, this album, the movie. He admitted that he didn't like the mu the mu the the music from the album to begin with. He disliked me too, brother. <laughs> he disliked it, but he liked the theme of it. So that's why he wanted to put it to film, but he didn't like it. Um, and that now what's interesting to me is that they said that several scripts were made for it. There's no speaking in the movie. Like, what do you mean? There were several scripts done. It's literal tracks from the album. I mean, that's all it is. You just There's need a no, storyboard at that point. You don't need a, I, a you don't need a fucking script. Like what the shit? And you know, so there are a couple of tracks that are added, which take it or uh, take it or leave it um is you know one of those things but it, it makes the story more cohesive um in in that regards but at the end of the day why would you do this um it was all session musicians and just terrible um just what the shit yeah it, this was <laughs> this was bad this was it all just kind of blended in together to me, and it it was unrelentingly uh, boring. And then you have like these autotune uh, narrator things by Townsend, mm -hmm. <laughs> the autotune singing by probably this Oliver Reed guy. I don't know. There was oh, a so male bad. vocalist who was just singing all the wrong notes, and it that's that's Oliver notes. Reed. That's Oliver Reed. Oh yeah. God, man. Yeah, yep. I was just like, holy fuck. Well, and so once again, you know, they changed the way the film was and the album was. But there's point. There, there was one point where I was listening to it because I didn't watch the movie in a long time, and and Margaret is like, she's one part. She's like, like she's like not even trying. And I was like, whoa, like she's fucking done. Like she does not want to be in the studio anymore. And then you watch the movie, and it's where it was with her. And her, what she was doing in the movie. And I'm going, why? Okay, you already changed all this. Why would you have her keep that? Like, why Why not have it be? You have time now, you know? 
you could actually have it be done, or you could even bring in another female vocalist. You've already fucking changed it. So what tells me, again, could you imagine signing up for this fucking shit show of a movie, recording these songs, and then being brought back into a studio after the fucking movie's done and having to re-record it? Like what and leave in some of the fucking blurps and the and the mistakes and shit. Like, what the fuck, Joe? What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Everything about it was very questionable. The Everything whole about. the whole thing is a big fucking problem. Tina Turn Tina Turner is boring, Joe. Yeah, and that's that seems like it should be impossible. Right. And that's I mean that's the thing. They bring in, you know, they bring in a lot of, you know, people. They brought in, you know, Elton John. They brought in Tina Turner. They brought in Eric Clapton. Eric Clapton is bored. Tina Turner is bored. Elton John is bored. Yeah. Let's, let's, Eric Clapton's always bored. Well, but he's not being oh, racist and a giant piece of shit, you know. Well, you know, I, he is called Slowhand. I know you don't like him. <laughs> He's not great. He's not great. He was for his time, but man, he became something, didn't he? <laughs> well, yeah. We that's another tirade. <laughs> you know who we should not have singing? Jack Nicholson, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Jack Nicholson is the doctor. Why? Okay. When people do musicals, because that's what this is, it's a musical. Um, it is, um, you bring in people who can sing. You can bring in people who can do things. Um, and if you're going to rechange the album, bring in people who can do it. You know what I'm pissed about, Joe? This movie, and Margaret, won Best Actress. Won a Golden Globe Best Actress. In a motion picture comedy or musical for this fucking movie. Just proof there was way too much cocaine in the 70s. It, it must have been a terrible year for movies because she's also up for Best Actress, nominated for Best Actress in the Academy Awards what year for was this, this movie. This was 1975, Joe. 1975. Yeah, you know, there's this Dog Day Afternoon, Monty Python and the Holy Grail, Shampoo, like, <laughs> what? Yep, she One was nominated. One Cuckoo's Nest, Jaws, <laughs> Barry <was> Lyndon. <laughs> she was nominated for Best Actress. Rollerball. Rollerball. <laughs> ball wasn't going to get nominated for anything. Well, um, has more right to be than this shit. <laughs> absolutely, it does. And it got nominated for Best Original Song or Adaptation Score in, in 1975. Um, that's a problem. That's a problem. You know, in the Golden Globes, Robert Daltrey got, got nominated for Most Promising Newcomer. Most Promising Newcomer? He was never going to do another movie again. <laughs> well, let's... Let's slow your roll there. Played Hugh Fitzcairn in the Highlander series. <laughs> Holy shit, he did. Oh, I forgot that. Well, there you go. He should have won it just because years later he'd be on Highlander the series with uh, with Adrian Paul. Um, <laughs> Goddamn right. That was a great show. It was a great show. Um, that's, you know, uh, may, thanks for making me think of anything better than this. Um <laughs> <laughs> But well, think of that yeah. last Highlander movie, and the, it might be neck and neck. The Source, yeah, that was a terrible movie. Uh, <laughs> you know, again, if I was gonna have to watch The Source or watch Tommy the movie, I'm gonna take The Source. I'm sorry, I'm gonna take The Source. There's so much weird shit in this, and now, um, let's uh. I'm going to quote Old Dirty Bastard, because we both love ODB. Tommy was a great film. A blind, deaf and, a blind deaf kid who could play pinball. What a very great idea. <laughs> um, now, this I, I got to talk about what other people said about it. 
Pete Siebert of All Movie gave the film four stars and described it as continuously watchable. But the film version of Tommy sacrifices sacrifices the fragile emotional core of Pete Townsend's work for grandiose spectacle. The shit? Did what? Did we watch two different things? Did we listen to two different albums? Yeah, I think. <laughs> How many drugs were people on in 1975? Again. One flew over the cuckoo's nest. The whole cast, Nurse Ratchet, should have been nominated over and Margaret. Oh my God! Yes, yeah, she should have. Robert Ebert gave the film three out of four stars and praised Anne Margaret for quote simply great as Tommy's mother. End quote. No, no, no. She looks bored and miserable the whole movie, and it's so. I mean, it, the 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 camp. It's so campy. It's not, and it's. They even said it's. So, you know, it's supposed to be filmed satirically, but it gets sucked up into its own ass. And I will say, there's things that the who that that Pink Floyd borrowed from this movie, right? Like the like the crosses and the and the cartoons and things like that. But I feel like, fucking, you know, knowing knowing what Pink Floyd is, they looked at this and went, "Yeah, we could do this a hundred times better." So they did. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Charles Champion of the LA Times called the film an overwhelming, thunderous, almost continuously astonishing achievement, coherent and consistent, and uh, consistent from first frames to last. No, no. <laughs> you know what was more entertaining on video than this was watching uh, the Live Aid Red Led Zeppelin review. <laughs> oh my God. At least I could get some joy out of that. There is no joy in the Tommy movie. There, there's no joy in in this version of it. I mean, I'm listening. Like, there's a song. There's a song called Christmas, and I. It's one of my favorite tracks actually on the album because Robert Daltrey is really he's just into it and he's doing. He's got a great rock voice. I know the Who is whatever, but Roger Daltrey has a a really great voice for rock, and. To hear the flattened, boring tone of Anne, of Anne Margaret and Oliver Reed doing this made me angry. <laughs> it made me angry. There's there in, in in the beginning of the album. There's a girl that sings on um the very the the track. It's a boy, and um I was like, why wasn't she singing in the whole goddamn movie? Um. <laughs> Like, why wasn't she doing it? Because Anne Margaret has that vibrato, right? That's where, and now people, I mean, I don't know if it was this, I think it was the style at the time, but like when I was in choir and things like that, like that's something they try to teach you not to do was the, like not holding the note, like, you know, going, um, and they're like, no, 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 no. Like that's not the proper way to sing. And Anne Margaret's doing it the whole goddamn thing. Like, she's never holding a note. And Oliver Reed can't find a fucking tune in a bucket. <laughs> yeah, this was the most jarring. That's the only thing that kind of like got me back into the album. It was like, what the shit is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's, Where did this it, guy come from? Who are you? <laughs> I mean, Keith Moon sings on the album. And I went, he should have been fucking the, the, the Uncle Frank instead of uncle ernie um yeah. and there is some really uncomfortable uh ness on this album um you know we i mean uh, let's 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 dig into the who a little bit we, we we touched upon it with earlier um pete townsend got busted for child porn right let's just let's just call it out right there joe what <laughs> is this news to you sir <laughs> He was doing research for a book, Paul. Yeah, no, and then he was, that that was the original thing. He was doing research for a book, and then it was something else. He later said that he was um, searching for, I think, videos or something like that. Could have had him. I don't remember. Then he said it was for some other reason, like in a Fox article. Point is, he, he, got, he, got, little, he got a fucking slap on the wrist. He got a slap on the wrist. He basically paid a fine and was put on a sex uh, offender uh, registry for five years. Um, 
And in this thing, there's 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 this uh, there's the tracks Cousin Kevin and Fiddle About, yeah, which are uncomfortable. Um, well, that's kind of based off his own experiences as a child, right? Correct. So, like that, you know, it's it's not like they're glamorizing it. It's it's him exercising his demons, I guess. Yes, doesn't really make for a good song, but whatever. No, it doesn't make for a good song. It doesn't make for good cinema. Um, and what, the, what Keith Moon getting in the bed with Tommy didn't? Oh, didn't oh my god! Uh, yeah, no, and that's the thing. It's Keith Moon that's playing the molester. Um, that's to be fair. You know, he probably had no idea he was even in the movie. He was probably so drunk. Oh, he's he's hammered. But again, he's better than Oliver Reed. Um, you know, so I mean, those those things are there. Um, and then, but the Acid Queen, going back to Tina Turner. Tina Turner is amazing, right? We we both agree with this. Tina Turner is a yeah. fucking amazing. And in the movie version, it's good. On this, tr- this the Acid Queen, the Acid Queen. Yeah, where she plays the acid queen. That's a weird scene. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a it's about Tommy taking acid and being able to see again. I guess. Well, and well, and it's also implied that she rails him, like that she fucks him during 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 the uh, she raw during the, him, huh? yeah yeah she raw docks him during while he's on acid, um, <laughs> which is placated in the movie by her becoming a spinning around and becoming an Iron Maiden that. Pumps him full of needles. Um, so I think that's supposed to be implied that he's inside of her well on drugs. I think that's what the symbology there. I think it was kind of blatant. Um, and it's the album, though, is she's bored. She's bored. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, looking forward when the Acid Queen came on. And again, it, 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 I was like halfway through, I was like, oh shit, Tina Turner's singing. Oh fuck. Yeah. You like, you couldn't even tell. So, oh, this, I mean, there's, ooh, ooh yeah, I put, it's like one of those things where like it's hard to find a positive. I mean, it, I could probably wing it. Like, you know, they're bored, but at least it's like kind of the one thing I'll say for it is uh, it's, I don't have to listen to it again as the <laughs> highlight. So, yeah. The one that's my positive. I'll never have to listen to this again. <laughs> the, and I and I picked this album and I'm the one that's upset, more upset than you. Um yeah. the one positive I will say is that it It makes the story more sensical. Like if you were really in the Tommy, not because of the music, but because you wanted to wanted to have the concept album and you know understand the story of Tommy, which I don't understand why you would. I just don't get it. Um, this in, this brings out some tracks. Um, this makes it more coherent as a story, um, but the presentation ruins it. I will say Daltrey, at least, he still does a good job on some of these tracks. Yes. Yes. Uh, that'll be the positive is Roger Daltrey. I mean, even like when he, you know, it, it's he, he seems like he's phoning it in. There's, there's tracks he does seem like that. Absolutely. But like when he does like I'm free and, you know, see me, feel me. And yep. listening to you, like it, it at least has a little bounce to it, like that he he brings to it, yeah. Which the the, the backing tracks really don't, except you know, unlike the 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 studio version, where there's again that who energy that this album decided to neuter. Yeah, yeah. Which again, I think I think this would have been better, and I just think that Pete Townsend didn't want to redo it. I really think that's part of it. He's like, I already already recorded this once. I don't want to do it again. And I feel like Daltrey's same thing was, I sang these songs fucking on the album and in the movie, and now you want me to do it again? Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, here, here's, so this album is Tommy in the movie, and Pete Townsend is Uncle Ernie. 
<laughs> he's just diddling this album all fucked up. Oh, God damn it. It's so dark. We're so dark. We're so edgy. We're edgelords. But yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> no, they diddle this album in the fucking, uh, into a fucking uh, shit show. Um, yeah. So it's just, it's, uh, uh, at least the adultery parts are good, but the rest is, oh God, like we've just gone over why it sucks. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's bad. Joe, would you recommend this album? No, I'd recommend you kill it with fire. <laughs> Again, I'm pissed at myself for, for picking this album. Um, <laughs> I forgot how bad it was. Like it's I, an interesting uh, curio, I guess, in music because you this album. I don't know anybody who owns it. <laughs> like I own regular <laughs> Tommy. I'm not a fan of it. Like there's some tracks on it I like, but I don't think I've ever met anybody who's owned this version. <laughs> no, no, no. I like I was surprised it was on. Like it was on anything other than YouTube. Like this tells me that's still in print. That it's, uh, we were able to find it on our normal Imagine sites, right? Imagine when we were in high school and one of our body buddies were like, "Hey, I bought Tommy," and like <laughs> they bought this, they'd probably hate music for the rest of their life. <laughs> oh God, I couldn't imagine. Like, I bet that's the people who bought it—people that were mistaking it for the original Tommy album. And I, I again, I like the original album. I do. I mean, I get it where it's it's boring in today's standards, right? It's, it's a 1969 album. It was boring in the 60s standards too, but that's just my opinion. It's, I, I'm just not a fan of it. Like, like there's songs that are obviously I like, and those are the hits. I'm free pinball wizard. See me, feel me. Not even like, we're not going to take it. That's a, on the the Tommy album, not this, but the album, it's, it's much better. Yes. Yes. Yeah. No, we're not going to take it in. This one was, was horrible. And again, they added to it like just fucking awful. Um, oh God damn it's a it. Masterpiece made out of shit. It really is like, this is, this is how not to do it. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think Pink Floyd ever put out an official album of, of music from the movie. No, no. And that, that's weird because there's a lot of different versions of songs on that. That I like, actually like better. Uh, Mother is a lot better, I think, in the movie. Oh, yeah. Version. Yes. It's more agreed. subdued and whatnot. Uh, Brick in the Wall 3 is much more angrier. Yep. The fact that they included when the Tigers broke free. Yeah. Now that's on the final cut, though. They Waters and Gilmore, Gilmer have put that on all the reissues of the final cut. So the final cut uh, has when the Tigers broke, broke free on it. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, but, uh, you know, they never officially released it, you know. They're waiting till their money gets a little low. (laughs) They'll they'll just fucking put that thing out because the well's running dry for a lot of these legacy acts, Paul. Oh, God damn it. Imagine if the Who was wait sitting on this this gem to release. (laughs) (laughs) No, they already booted. Seven CD box. No, they got no. With they the already 4K they, they presentation of the movie. <laughs> oh God, I bet it's out there somewhere. I bet it is. I bet it's out there somewhere. But no, I mean they they blew their wad on this one. The who did? Um, so luckily we don't have this coming out on a box at somewhere. Like, hey, get music from the movie. Oh my God, no. Um, stop. Yeah. Just stop. Just, just, just stop. I see from uh, the Simpsons. Stop. Stop. He's already dead. <laughs> Like yeah, I there's there's no reason that this exists. There there isn't. Um, there's no reason why the movie exists. It's, I, I mean, again, if, if anything, the movie is out there and it's good because it gave us the wall. You could tell it gave us the wall. Like, really, there's a lot of things that are blatantly ripped off, um, and that's okay <laughs> because the wall did it better. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's music it's people seeing what other people do and build off of it it's that's how so, it's always been <laughs> yeah i i can't i can't in, in good conscience recommend this album to anyone anywhere um all right joe <sighs> 
We're caught up. We're all caught up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what are you doing on the Joe Down? Uh, we uh, are finishing up Halloween month. Uh, we're behind just work and stuff. So the next one we'll do is Willie's Wonderland. I forget what Brown's pick after. I'll check real quick. He sent it to me last night. Ooh, we're getting a uh, an exclusive. Yeah. Oh, we're doing Judge Dredd, the original. Oh, the original. He's like, this is my next pick. And I'm like, I swear to God, we fucking did this one. He's like, no, you're thinking of Demolition, man. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> with Wesley Snipes. The, the Rob Schneider Stallone juggernaut of the night. <laughs> yep, with the three seashells. That's the only thing people remember from that movie. Three seashells and the Taco Bell placement. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what we got coming up. And then after that, I think I'm going to go with uh, a movie called Roar. Ooh, I'll send you a clip. It's... <laughs> Uh, it's 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 fucking weird so we'll uh yeah that's what we have coming up what do you have going on paul uh i have this (laughs) (laughs) i have this right now that's that's all it's just you know with everything that's been going on um i've not been able to get uh things going for the uh stranger thing one it will happen at some point that's just going to be more of a passion project i think with uh griffiny um that just happens as it happens um so that's it i think this is the closest um <laughs> cast that movie that we're gonna have in a long time <laughs> is this is this uh podcast right here or this particular one with tommy um joe what are we doing next week paul <sighs> myri your punishment for this <laughs> is you're taking another spin on the wheel of shit Oh, God. You got a choice between numbers 1 and 12. You already picked 7. So 7's off the table. All right. Ooh, I picked 7. Do I go higher or lower? Well, you fell almost right in the middle with that one. Yeah, I did. Um, all right, let's do 3. 3? <laughs> We're in for a treat. <laughs> Fuck. We're doing... Paul, do you like Black Sabbath? Uh, I do like Black Sabbath. Well, you're not going to after we do their album, Forbidden. Widely considered one of the worst albums of all time. Oh, no. Oh, no. We went from this to Forbidden. What are we doing to each other? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You gotta learn, Paul. You make me sit through an hour and a half shitty Who album. There's gonna be repercussions. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah all right oh god let me make let me just look this up quick oh god is it on my thing maybe it's not in print <laughs> i can oh, say i don't know <laughs> oh. it's forbidden huh forbidden is that with ronnie james Dio or with ozzy <laughs> oh <Uh-oh. Neither. laughs> What? <laughs> oh, God. 1995 it came out? No. <laughs> yeah. No. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. And I just saw it's not on Spotify, so I better make sure it's on YouTube so I can. I don't think it's on YouTube Music. Um. Oh boy. Yeah. Hang on. Let me check YouTube. Oh boy. Going to the YouTube uh well, huh? Yeah. yeah. It, was, it, was, it was available when I put it on the list. Well, I do see it on YouTube. I do see it on YouTube. Mm. Yep. Black Sabbath Forbidden, full album, 1995. Are we listening to the 1995 version or 2008 remaster? <laughs> Let's do the 95. Oh, all right. We'll do the 95. Fantastic. Oh, boy. Oh, all right. Here I didn't even know. 1995 this. full album. Yeah. 
Yeah, I didn't know. I I never knew this album came out. I yeah, just no a few idea. years shy of their reunion with the Aussie. Oh God. I'm guessing this was one of the reasons why they had to reunite with Aussie. Oh boy. All yeah, right. Never. This is gonna be a dumpster fire. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'll oh. teach you to make me sit through Tommy. <laughs> Well, you know, someone on YouTube says, I just ordered this album on vinyl. It's one of my favorite albums ever. I can't wait to get it. <laughs> That's probably uh, it's probably the members of Black Sabbath trying to make some money. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's not a lot of views on this. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, only 256 views. <laughs> <laughs> it's in hot demand, Paul. <laughs> That's why it's not on Spotify or YouTube music. Oh, shit. Yeah. All right. All right. All right, Joe. Well, fuck. You want to take <laughs> us out? Yeah. Joe.